I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And now, broadcasting live, it's time for the Kick-Ass Radio Show. Your place for motivation, inspiration, and edumacation. Each week, our host, Christopher Rausch, and his guest share what it takes for you to have an unstoppable attitude for your personal and professional success. And now, for your host, Mr. Kick-Ass himself. It's That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to live while I'm alive. That's Bon Jovi. It's my life. And we are broadcasting live from our studios here in Southern California. We want to welcome you to the Kick-Ass Radio Show tonight, your place for motivation, inspiration, and, of course, edumacation. I am glad to be your host, Christopher Rausch, Mr. Kick-Ass himself, as the introduction says. Uh, that's a brand-new introduction for the show, so if you like it, um, let me know, info at thekickassradioshow.com. Uh, let me know if you like it, you don't like it, you want to create one of your own for me, that would be pretty cool. But my friend Ed Vanderly uh, created that for me, and he's awesome. So thank you, Ed. Big shout-out to you guys um so what are we doing we are here at the kick-ass radio show it's monday night 6 p.m pacific standard time and we're here to teach you how to have a kick-ass unstoppable attitude for personal and professional success what i do here every every monday night is i hand select a guest who comes on here they share their story and they share five tips that you can begin using immediately in your life to change what it is that's going on how to have that unstoppable attitude you know that that attitude that just says you know what, i'm not going to give up until i get what i want and i authentically achieve it on my terms that's what we do here we come here every single monday night And if you happen to miss one of our live shows you can actually go over to the website um my website christopherrausch.com Last name is R-A-U-S-C-H, ChristopherRausch.com. You head over to the radio show tab, and uh, there's a link to iTunes. You can hear all the shows there. They're podcasted after they're done live. Or if you want, you can follow the show. Just go over to thekickassradioshow.com. You can follow it through my internet provider, Blog Talk Radio. That way you're definitely not going to miss any of the shows. Um, sorry, I just got a weird tingle in my throat. It's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> I got a tingle in my throat. Um, anyways, that's what, we're, that's what we're here to do. And we're, on, uh, we're actually on show. We've done 115 shows. Um, I'm, I'm very proud of the show. We've had some in, uh, incredible guests on here, just really super authentic people. you know. And the whole goal is to spend the hour just chit-chatting back and forth about what it takes to have this awesome life. Uh, and, and I really encourage you, if you're not driving, to get a pen and paper or you know, take notes. Uh, because if you listen to these, these tips and the other part of the conversation that we're going to be having, and you start taking action on them, that's what really kick-ass people do. Is they take action, they learn something, and they, get, they put it to work, and they figure out what works for them and what doesn't work for them and make you know, changes and adjustments. Just don't think that you're going to think you're going to remember this. Um, if you really want to change, that's what you've got to do. Um, so when you think about it, uh, let me see. Let me get my calculator out here. 115 times five tips. We've done 575 kick-ass tips here on the radio show. Um, so I really encourage you to go back and listen to some of those shows. Uh, just really, really heart-wrenching, great stories uh, about Triumph. And uh, and you can do it, too. I mean, if I can go from being a, a homeless seventh-grade dropout living in the backseat of a station wagon with 18 cats to my life now with a master's degree and speaking all over the world and coaching – um, you can do it too. 
and I'm here to help you. That's what I'm here every single week. That's why I do this. Uh, I'm not getting paid for it. I'm just doing it out of the goodness of my heart because that's what I want to do. That's when I want to leave a legacy in this world. Uh, we talk a lot on this show about your why. And my why is to leave a legacy that can help the entire world, you know, just really just live an authentic, awesome life. So do that. Um, also, if you're if you're uh, if you want, you can call into the show. This is actually a really live show. Uh, you can call in and ask either myself or my guest a question. The number is six four six three seven eight fifteen eighty two. Again, that is six four six three seven eight fifteen eighty two. Or uh, I know a lot of you guys follow me on Facebook. You can hit me up on Facebook message. Uh, you can tweet me or Twitter me. Uh, it's just simply at Kickass Guide. You know, kick-ass, one word, and then G-U-I-D-E, kick-ass guide. Um, so anyway, speaking of guests, last week we had an amazing guest. He was phenomenal. His name was Christopher Rausch. Yes, actually last week was uh, Memorial Day on a Monday, so I didn't want to inconvenience any of my potential guests, so I just did the show on my own. I spent an entire hour, get this, and it was free for you, uh, I spent an entire hour talking about 10 ways to have an unstoppable attitude for personal and professional success. Just me and you talking over a beer or some coffee, and it was just me spending an hour giving top 10 tips on how to have an awesome life. So if you're at all interested, I, again, really encourage you to just go over to my website, ChristopherRausch.com, R-A-U-S-C-H, ChristopherRausch.com, and you can check that out. I would love to hear your feedback on that because um, it's just out, just out of my heart and, uh, and what I'm passionate about. So uh, my guest tonight, I'm super excited about. We connected over uh, social media on Facebook and you know what? Our personalities immediately connected. It was really super cool. Um, you know when you meet those people in life where you feel like you've known them for a long time and you've just met them? Um, my, my guest is Ashley Greer, and she has a Ph.D. in psychology, and her story is truly amazing. What she does is she's got fire and passion about helping people break free in all areas of their life. Um, so if you're interested in trying to find your true passion and you're interested in an entertaining and informative hour then help me welcome to the Kick-Ass Radio Show my guest, Ashley Greer. Ashley, are you with us tonight, sweetheart? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Christopher. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Uh, if I was doing any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Could you imagine two of me? Holy shit, that would like be world domination. I've often said before that I'm a very short person in stature, and I've often said if I were a tall person, I would just be scary because I have so much energy. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I know we yeah. have to we have to we have to warn the people out there in Radio Land listening that both you and I talk really fast because we get excited and we get pumped up. So if you guys are out there listening later on, maybe not live, you can take your podcast thing and you can like do it half speed so you can actually hear us talk normal. So. Um, we'll both do our best to talk a little bit slower because sometimes I get that people say, God damn, Chris, you talk so fast, but I just get excited and I get amped up. So, uh, so what's new and exciting with you, Ashley? Um, not much. I mean, life, life is always new and exciting. Life is a freaking adventure. I mean, really isn't every day like this new and exciting, beautiful, passionate adventure that we're on. I, that's what I think. <laughs> no. <laughs> some days just suck I'll be honest some days just suck but that's some life that's harder than others. yeah but we get more perspective I think you know and I think that that's kind of the, the key to life and to growth is getting more perspective even on the shitty days 
Yeah, yeah, totally. You and I have talked before, and you know, I have a tattoo on my forearm that says, what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger, and I had to put it there because sometimes I would forget, and I'd be like, God damn, this sucks, and why is this happening? You know, you start playing the, the victim in the situation, and it's like, no, 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 no. You know, you get a one-day pity party, and then you get up, and then you, you figure out what you got to do to fix it, right? Totally. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's it's one of my one of the things I love talking about the most is you know people get this idea in their head that if they fail or if they have a shitty day or whatever that you know everything's just totally screwed their their life is totally screwed up but you know it's like a child learning how to walk that kid is gonna fall down a hundred times before it's able to walk it's not gonna be able to do yes. it the first time and so we have to like give ourselves some grace and like give ourselves some some permission to fall down screw up have crappy days you know spill the oatmeal across the kitchen whatever. It be and you know we'll get up tomorrow and have a better day <laughs> it's so it's so true but before we go any further what i would like for you to do normally i do a a full-on introduction i'm trying new stuff on the radio show so instead of me just like reading something i want you to share with our listeners what ashley greer is about what your journey's been and what makes you a kick-ass girl Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks again for having me on the show, Christopher. It's such a pleasure to be on the show, and I'm really inspired by you and your journey and your message. I think it's really amazing. Um, but my big deal is, like I said, like you said, I have my PhD in psychology, and I had one of these lives lives that looked really good on paper. You know, PhD in psychology. I had a fiance, and we owned a house together. You know, I had a really good job as a psychologist, and my life just felt like crap. I was so unhappy. I was getting up every morning with stomach aches. I was getting sick all the time. It was just I was miserable. And so I did what, like, no one in my profession does, and I quit. I quit my job as a psychologist, and I just basically decided at first I was I free, uh, did some freelance writing for a while before I became a, transitioned to become a coach, before I figured out that that was my real purpose was to become a coach. But so I left my career as a psychologist, and once I left my career as a psychologist, it sort of freed up all this energy in my life. And I suddenly realized all these other areas that I was unhappy with, that I was constantly trying to, like, make myself small to fit other people's ideas of what I was capable of or what my life should look like or, you know, like, I, I don't know, I feel like for me, at least in my life, a lot of people, you know, kind of build up this expectation that, you know, you follow a certain course, you know, you, you go to college, you get married, you have a kid, and then you get a better job, and then you become the boss at that job, and then you die, kind of a thing, <laughs> and I just, I, I didn't want to do that, I mean, it sounded like such a drag to me, it was like, what, that life is just a slow decline towards death, like, hell no, I wanted an extraordinary life. And so I started asking for what I really needed in my relationship with my ex, and he actually, about six months after I started asking what I needed, said, I think that you should leave me because I'm never going to be able to give you what you need. I give him a lot of props for that, for, like, just releasing me. We were together for almost 10 years, and wow. he just he knew he couldn't make me happy. Yeah, I mean, I really give him a lot of credit for that. I mean, it was a really stand-up thing that he did for me to let me go. And so I left I left the home we shared together. I left the town I'd lived in for 10 years, and I moved to Austin, Texas. I'd never lived here before. I knew just a couple people, you know, and I just forged a brand-new life. I moved here just over a year ago, and it's just been unbelievable how much my life has changed, how, like, I feel like I'm, like, rediscovering myself and who I actually am because, I mean, mm -hmm. graduate school especially, like, really tried to, for, you know, force me into this little box, and you know, discovering this life of, of passionate purpose has just been the biggest gift that I could ever receive in my life. I literally cry with gratitude at the life I've been able to get for myself. And, you know, something I say constantly over and over, and, you know, this is really what I do, is I'm not special. 
You know, I'm not, nothing about me is extra special. I think everybody can forge, you know, like you would say, these kick-ass lives, these lives that are full of, like, passionate purpose, these lives that are divinely authentic and perfect for us and that just feel good and feel right in relationships that feel right. And I think everybody deserves that. And so that is what I've come to know is my purpose in life, is to help everybody find their own kind of divine authenticity, to find their own divine purpose, to find what makes them, you know, rock and roll, you know, to make, to mm-hmm. make their, like, soul sing in life. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my story in a nutshell and what I do. That's awesome. That's awesome. I really appreciate you uh, you sharing that, Ashley. And for those of you guys just uh, joining us, we're on the Kick-Ass Radio Show. My guest tonight is Ashley Greer, uh, kick-ass lady, uh, just very passionate about helping people discover their true passion in life. Um, you know, it's interesting. You were telling me the story, and it dawned on me. I heard that before about how your boyfriend, you know, quote-unquote, let you go. I just remembered that me and my girlfriend, years and years and years ago, we dated for about five years. She had two kids, and we got to a point where she really wanted me to be religious. She says, I'm going to find God again. I want to go back to church. And she tried to get me to go to church. And I was like, okay, I've gone. It's not for me, but if it's for you, that's cool. You know, totally go after it, but it's just not my thing going into an organized building for all this other stuff. And we just came to realize I really didn't want to be a dad to her kids. And she really wanted, you know, a Christian man. And so we both let each other go in a way. It was really sad because we both loved each other very much, but we both, were adult enough to kind of realize, like, wait a minute, you you want something different out of life, you want something different out of life, so let's, before it gets ugly, and so we don't settle just because we love each other, let's go ahead and just call this a day. Um, we've still been friends. This was back in, I think we broke up in 97. We're still friends. Unfortunately, she, <laughs> it was kind of ironic, it's ironic and very sad. She found a bunch of Christian guys, but they were all complete assholes, and, uh, and I wish I could find a couple of them and punch them. Um, I still stay in touch with their daughters, you know, so it's, it's just, it's just, I, I share that because you shared yours and for the people out there, you know, it is okay to end a relationship and kind of go, you know what, Hey, this isn't for me. And it's, you know, instead of settling, which a lot of people, you know, do, wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it really, it's one of the most respectful and loving things you can do for a person because is it love about like wanting the other person to ultimately be as happy as they can. Yeah. And if that happiness is outside of your relationship, then you kind of have to let them go. I mean, as hard as that can be. Yeah. Do you <laughs> still totally uh, do, you, do you still stay in touch touch touch, touch with them? <laughs> <laughs> we actually don't. <laughs> we mm-hmm. don't, but it was it's mostly because um I found that even, you know, when we were still connected on Facebook and stuff, I was still trying to live my life smaller so that I wouldn't offend him and I wouldn't make him feel bad. Oh. And so that's why we don't keep in touch is I just realized that you know, I mean, because, I mean, it was the kind of thing where, you know, I'm kind of a big personality, and it, my personality was oh. annoying to him. <laughs> so it's that kind of a thing where, like, I need to be as loud as I need to be, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever. I imagine down the road, maybe in a couple of years we might, but, I mean, I, I have a, many other exes who I've been able to stay friends with and been able to kind of have these, you know, long-term friendships and support, because once you love and care about somebody, you kind of love and care about them forever, even if, you know, you're never going to get back together or you're never going to pursue that again. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, I, I don't. I can't remember if I told you when we talked. I'm still friends with my ex-wife, and my current wife is friends with my ex-wife. I mean, it, it just, <laughs> it just. Why, why? I mean, I wasn't friends with her right away. Uh, trust me. Um, but you know, it's just you know, you got to let stuff go, and it's like, okay, am I going to have this hatred in my heart? Go, okay, you did this to me, and I'm going to hold on to this for the rest of my life. Or are you going to go, hey, it happened. You know, it, it's supposed to teach me something, and. Had it not happened, I wouldn't have met my current wife. So, I mean, even my best friend, I mean, I'm not going to get all the details, but my best friend and my ex-wife were kind of like more than friends. Um, and later on, <laughs> I met him. 
he um he wanted to apologize to me like I don't know 20 years later it was I don't know it was about five ten years ago or something like that and he goes I know you want to punch me and I'm like dude I don't want to punch you why I said I was gonna punch you I'd have fucking kicked your ass a long long time ago I said no I have nothing but love man it's it's cool it's cool I mean if you guys are together it's cool you know I'm and he kept saying I know you want to punch me and I'm like no I don't I said honestly I said everything worked out for the best. I mean, I've got a great wife. I got a great life. Everything's cool, dude. You know, let yourself, let yourself be happy. And you know, he's like, Oh man, I've been carrying this around. I'm like, yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> Don't do that shit. <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that the truth? Like half the time, I mean, like you're, what you're talking about with your best friend, like half the time we end up torturing ourselves over things that are just complete bullshit and things that we totally manufacture in our head. You mm-hmm. know, like oh. he thought that you wanted to punch him for forever. Like how many times do we do that to ourselves? It's just so much wasted energy. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so true. Um, I got a question for you, uh, and I've asked yeah. this question of, of a couple of people because actually I was going to pursue a degree in psychology, sociology, uh, LCSW, all this other crap. What is your what is your opinion on the difference between a psychologist or a psychiatrist and a coach? I see the difference as a psychologist deals with people who have active mental illness going on, whether that's depression, anxiety, you know, more severe mental illnesses, whatever that might be, whereas a coach usually works with somebody who's healthy and tries to make their life the best it can possibly be. That's the main difference Mm. I see. Hmm. So, At least the kind of coaching that I do. I, I work with healthy I, – I have caveats all over my website about if you're feeling actively depressed, you know, you need a therapist. I refer to people to therapists all the time because that's not what I do and that's not an appropriate role, I don't think, for me to take on. What's appropriate is once you get help with that depression, then I can help you get your life to, like, you know, kick ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? To, like, really <laughs> feel good and to really feel right. And I can help you find that passion again once you take care of the thing. Because otherwise, it's all, all your energy as a coach is spent trying to fix what's broken instead of, you know, creating this beautiful world that this person is capable of, you know? That's that's really true. I'm glad you said that because I, I have a habit of doing that. I had a habit of doing that before when I was a coach. I, I'm just starting to get back into it right now. But I would have that habit of Oh well, hey, you know, let's talk about you know this and that, and then try to fix them. I was, I, I mean, I got some broken people. I had to try to fix first before I could even get them to the to the next stage. It was it was pretty interesting, and I finally, I think that was my problem is I was so invested in trying to make them, you know, at least uh, at least happy, or and then and then I was like, okay, you got way too much baggage, and I didn't go to school for this, so um, I'm just going to back off on this for a while. But you you're, you're very eloquent in that answer is that you know you take people who are you're currently you know just like, you know, stuck or just frustrated with life, and then you take them to the next level, right? Exactly. Yep, exactly. Rather than the people who are, you know, crying every single day or, you know, can't get up in the morning. That, that That's not – I mean, it, it makes me sad. I mean, it, it, that that's part of the reason I, I felt the need to leave the field of psychology is – you know, I almost feel too much when I'm with clients. And yeah. so when I work with those clients, I just take on all that sadness and all that sort of weight and I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I needed to work with people who wanted positivity well, in with, life. With everything you've done, which I'm, I'm very, uh, as, I mean, it's, I guess it sounds stupid to say, but I'm very proud of you for what you've done because you've taken ownership in your life and you've taken a lot of risk. What was the backlash from people like, you know, hey, I'm going to leave uh, this 10-year relationship and hey, I'm going to leave my, 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 my job that I've you know, got a PhD in. I'm going to move to Austin, Texas. I mean, talk to us about what kind of flack you got, if you, any, and, and, and how you handled that. You know, it's surprising. I what, what kind of like you're talking about you're with your best friend. I thought I was going to get a bunch of flack. I thought everybody, all my colleagues, were going to be like, "You are crazy! What the hell are you doing? Like, you're throwing your whole education away." 
and it hasn't been like that at all. In fact, I have colleagues emailing me constantly, telling me how much I'm inspiring them, telling me how much they're interested in becoming coaches now, telling me how much they follow my Facebook page because every day they make, I make them, I help them feel more like themselves, and how much they feel like I finally walked into my real purpose and my real position in life. I mean, even my old boss, I, saw, I just went to a wedding in mid-April back in Lubbock, Texas is where I used to live, a small town in, in like northwest Texas. And I went back to a wedding up there, and my old boss was up there at this wedding, and she, she didn't even recognize me. She looked at me, and she's like, what? She's like, you look totally different. And I was talking to her, and she was like, I can't even tell you how happy I am for you. She's like, you have, I can just tell it by your countenance, by your attitude, that you, you have made all the right choices for you. And I think if I were miserable, people might not have supported me as much. But since I'm happy, people are just, so happy for me. I mean, of course, there's people who, you know, just kind of bailed, but there were mostly people who, you know, they probably weren't the quality friends you wanted to begin with. You know, people who bail, it's sort of like, that's nice. There's the exit. Get the fuck out. Like, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's so yeah. true. You're talking about that. I was, I was just writing that in my book. I'm actually revising my book for the hundredth time, but I was going through and I was writing about that very thing that, you know, when you have people, especially because somebody was saying, uh, somebody asked me a question recently and they said, you know, what if it's your family that's, you know, that's shitting on your dreams and, 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 and poo-pooing everything you're doing and telling you to play it safe. And I just looked at them very honestly and I said, you know what, then you need new people. And, you know, you, and that's, that's rough to say, but, you know, if your family's going to sit there and shit on your dreams and tell you that you can't do something, then you need to get around five people that can really, you know, inspire and mentor you and that are successful, more successful than you. And, you know, and do that. Otherwise, live in a life of regrets. I mean, what do you say to people that sit there and say, oh, you know, I wish I could, but, you know, my husband doesn't support me or I wish I could, but, you know, the family hates my ideas. I mean, how do you help people like that? Oh, I, I'm of the exact same mindset that you are. I actually, um, one of my, I mean, I don't really want to go into too much detail about it just because I like to, you know, protect people's privacy, but I actually sure. stopped speaking to one of my parents five years ago for that exact same reason. And I think that's the reason that I finally had the nerve to leave all these things in my life that weren't serving me anymore because the critics gallery was closed, whereas it had been oh. open for so many years. And the fact that I was able to do that and I can survive, anybody can. You know what I mean? And it's like, it doesn't mean you have to leave, you know, family members or your partner or whoever it is that's, that's a crap, you know, that's crappy in your life. You know, give them a chance to change. That's fine. But don't just sit and complain about it because complaining is just wasted energy and you can't make people change ultimately. You know, that's nope. their choice whether they're going to change. And if they're not going to change and you feel like shit every single time you're around them, then either don't be around them or get them out of your life. Like, period. Mm -hmm. And I have I have no like I have very little tolerance for people who just complain and don't ever do anything about it. <laughs> Maybe that's harsh, but I really do believe no. that you, know, you have to get into action. You have to do something about it because otherwise it's just sort of like I mean it's like it's like saying I have to go to the bathroom over and over and over again. It's like go to the freaking bathroom. Why do you keep saying you have to go to the bathroom? I love that. <laughs> That is awesome. They go to the bathroom, you dumbass. Oh, you, you and I are so alike. Now, I'm I'm I am very I'm very short with that. You know, it's um that's why I'm, my nickname is the No Excuses Coach because people would say, you know, when I would they'd be like, "Okay, well, you know, I didn't have enough time, Chris." I'm like, "Oh, so the president and all the other successful people in the world have more time than you?" You know, it was just mm -hmm. like, well, you don't understand. I didn't have the money. Uh, the money for what? I mean, you can Google the stuff and find it for free. It was just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a big person on that. I'm the same way. Because oh, it's, big uh, time. And I really believe like, okay. that when people choose not to do it, it's a choice. It's not, they're not, it's not that, oh, I, I just couldn't find time. It's like, no, you are choosing 
not to do the thing. And once you own the fact that you're not, that you're choosing not to do it, then you realize that you are making an active choice to not make your life better. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. You, you know, what's funny. I was talking to a vice president of a company, I can probably about two years ago. I'm really bad at time, but he was in there complaining about his job. And he's like, Oh my God, I hate my job. And you know, I'm sick and tired of it and blah, blah, blah. And I said, why don't you, you've been saying this for a while. Why don't you quit? And I was just, I've just fucking had it. I'm like, why don't you just yeah. quit? And he's just like, well, Christopher, that's uh, must be nice, you know, to have that Machiavellian, you know, uh, kick-ass thinking and everything. But you know, I've got you know kids that are going into college, and I've got this, and I've got this, and he gets all serious and gets a stern look on his face. And I said, no, you actually could quit. You could actually go walk up into the human resources department, and you could say, I quit, and you'd walk out the building. And let me ask you, would you survive? Would you still be able to provide for your family? And you're like, well, I would have to. I'm like, okay, so you're choosing to be here miserable. It's your choice. You're you're the reason why you're miserable. Uh-huh. Unless you're taking unless you're taking action in your life to, to, to make progressive steps to get out of here and to do what you really love to do, it's your own fault. And he looked at me and he, his face was getting red and he's like, I hate talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm serious, dude. You know, it, that, that's your choice. I mean, it's like, the, you know, the dog that, I, that somebody was telling me, uh, uh, what is it, an analogy or something? It's like, you know, why is your dog laying on that nail? And he says, well, it's not painful enough for him to get off of it, <laughs> which is true. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, so did he ever leave his job? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just continue to complain about it. Nice. He's still there and doesn't talk to me much. Because uh, I found that out, too. When I, when I, when I, because I'm very passionate. I was helping a friend of mine, uh, when was it? Friday? Friday. Uh, a dear friend of mine. I just happened to call him at the right time. And, uh, and I was just very, he was going through something. And I was just really, really honest. I said, dude, I love you. And I think you're an awesome guy, but here I'm going to just going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even put on my little fluffy gloves. I'm just going to let you have it. Um, and sometimes when I do that, people are like, oh my God, you know, I know I need to hear that, but, and then I never hear from him again. It's like, oh, I don't want to go around Chris because he's going to be honest. It's like, well, I'm sorry because I care that I'm honest, you know, you know, just, I don't know, that's something I got to work on, but you know, I just, I, I like being me. I just like, okay, if I care about you and I want to see the success, let's just cut to the chase and let's just rip the bandaid off and figure out, okay, what's going on and what do you got to do to fix it? Right. Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that point of view. I mean, I don't think you have to work on that. I think that's a great gift that you're giving people and you're just kind of pointing out what is probably pretty obvious that the person's in denial about and they need to hear mm-hmm. from somebody or another. Otherwise, it's like, oh, way to go walking through the rest of your life with a blindfold on. <laughs> yep. Would you rather have the blindfold on or would you rather see the bright light of day? Bright light of yeah. day might hurt sometimes, but <laughs> at least you can see where you're going. <laughs> it's, you know, it's true, and it, and it does hurt. And I think that's, you know, Tony Robbins taught me that, you know, we do things for one of two reasons, either to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. And it's not, I know I haven't made like changes in my personality until my friends have like said, you know, back in my early twenties, Chris, you drink too much. Every time we're around you, you drink too much. You get drunk. We don't like being around you. Um, and so I was like, holy shit, I didn't realize that. Okay, cool. Thanks for telling me that. It kind of hurt my feelings and I got defensive for a second. I was like, okay, well, let me fix that. And I know personally that until there's some sort of pain involved, then it's like, okay, well, I'll change that later. I mean, you know, it's just you just gotta you just gotta have those those opportunities in life because my whole thing is is not having regrets and I've seen so many people like oh my god Chris you know ten years ago my doctor told me I should start watching you know I might get diabetes or you know God you know ten years ago I had an opportunity to go follow my dream and I didn't I played it safe and you know I'm just all about not having regrets. Oh, absolutely, and it's like well then ten years ago you could have well do it now then like yep. don't have a regret next time. I mean come on. 
But yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think that you have to have awareness in order to make powerful changes in your life. And that's why, you know, a friend like you or a coach or whatever, whatever it is, it's going to make you more aware. You know, some people can do that for themselves, but not a lot of people can do that for themselves, actually become like totally aware of their own bad habits and crappy ways of showing up in the world. You know, like when their ego is taking over or they're selfish or when they're, they don't apologize enough or don't say thank you or whatever it might be, you know, we need to own these things. Otherwise we stop growing. And I fundamentally believe that if you're not busy growing, you're busy dying. Mm-hmm. I don't want to die. <laughs> you know? Mm-mm. No. Yeah. So when, when you're, when, when you're working with your coaching clients, what are some of the, what are some of the, the, the consistent situations you're seeing in your practice? And, and, you know, people are coming to you and saying, Ash, you know, I need some help. And you know, I got this thing going on. Well, talk to us about some of the, some of the common things uh, that people approach you with and some of your advice for that. Probably the most common thing that I hear is, well, I, you know, I was married and then I got a divorce or, you know, my kids just left the house or whatever it might be. There's usually a transition that happened and suddenly they don't know who they are anymore. They don't know who they are because they realize that their entire identity was sort of sculpted around making other people happy and keeping Mm. other people happy in their lives. And so suddenly these, this thing leaves, whatever it might be, or they sort of wake up one day and they're like, well, shit, I'm, I'm, you know, 45 and I don't have a kid and I don't have a husband and I wanted that, you know, whatever it might be. And they realize they don't even know who they are or what they really want or how to find that because they've been following some script or they've been following, you know, whatever it is that their husband said that they needed to do to be happier, you know, putting all of their time and energy into their kids. And so suddenly it's like they're, they're rudderless in the middle of a lake with no wind, you know, to blow out their sails and they just don't even know how to get to shore again. And so, you know, the big thing that I probably the big tip that I give most people um, and honestly it was something that I really changed one of my friends lives with was to really help people pay attention to what actually makes them happy. It sounds so stupid and so simple, but it's so true. If you pay, start paying attention to what makes you happy and do more of that, you're going to be happier in your life. You know, I mean, I had this friend who I knew from graduate school and she felt very purposeless. You know, she wasn't using her graduate degree. She just, she couldn't find anything that really hooked into her or, you know, really made a difference. She wasn't a client or anything. It was just a friend that reached out one day and I had like a two-hour conversation with her. And by the end of the conversation, she had found her purpose. She had found her passion by the end of that conversation. And she's mm-hmm. now gone back to school to become a photographer and she's following like her bliss. And she is like messaging me all the time. She's like, oh my God, all these opportunities are falling in my lap. Like people are paying attention. I have a mentor, da 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 da. And I'm just like, I am so proud of you. And it's because you let yourself pay attention to what made you happy and actually do it. You know, like how many people, you know, you have a PhD and you, you're like, well, photography is never going to make me any money. Why would I do that? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, who says? Who says you yeah. can't? Like, what script are you following? Throw the script mm-hmm. out. Like, let's write a new one. You know, I mean, yep. so many people follow these scripts that are written in their head or, or their parents have written for them. Well, my parents, that was another one I, I've heard recently is, well, what do you, how do you do this? And then what do you do for retirement? And I'm, and I was like, well, you know, you can save for retirement when you work for yourself, but I'm of the opinion that I want the kind of career that I never want to retire from. Exactly. That I'm so passionate about that I'm going to be doing at 90 until I pretty much till I die. And they're like, yep. whoa, I never thought of that before. And I'm like, exactly, everybody's living their <laughs> life for retirement. I'd rather live my life now and have every day feel kind of like a little bit of retirement, you know, because I'm so happy exactly. and so passionate and so plugged in in my life. 
Yeah, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. It's like okay, I, I've got got some uh, some baby boomers that are retiring and are like, I so well make sure you have something to do. You know whether it's you know volunteering or doing something, consulting. You know make sure you have something to do because then you know retirement's like okay, I'm just going to sit here and die. You know watch uh, watch daytime TV. Um, for those of you guys listening, uh, we're on the Kick-Ass Radio Show with my guest tonight, Ashley Greer. We're having a blast talking about what it takes just to have a kick-ass life and to overcome you know, some things that have set you back in your life. But uh, at this point, in case you do want to call in, uh, again, the number is 646-378-1582. Uh, Ashley, give us kick-ass tip number one, my dear. Um. Kick-ass tip number one is to start being grateful in your life. You know, it's sort of like that tip about paying attention to what makes you happy. That's what gratitude is. That's all gratitude is. You're basically opening yourself up to what is wonderful in your life and what is beautiful and what is marvelous. I mean, when you walk outside, you know, in the morning and you walk out and you're like, ah, I'm pissed because it's morning and I have to wake up and I have to go to work, you, your, your day's feeling feel pretty rough. But when you wake up in the morning and you go outside and you're like, I woke up another day and listen to those birds, you know, cheeping and chirping in the tree and feel that warm breeze on my skin. Wow, this is a, this is a beautiful life that I get to be a part of. Life mm-hmm. feels a heck of a lot different, even when you're just mm-hmm. grateful for the small things. Every day, be grateful for something. I think that that is just such a such an important piece of the puzzle. No, it's it's so true, and it's something I've had to learn in my life because it was like, you know, you we you know, belief inspires reality, and what we focus on becomes our reality. And um, it was funny because today I got pissed off at some people on uh, Facebook because like, oh, my God, I hate Mondays and Mondays suck and oh, blah, blah, blah. And so privately, I'm like, yeah, why do Mondays suck so bad when uh, you think about all the people that died this weekend and don't get a Monday? And you think about all the family members who don't have somebody around on a Monday. And wow, a Monday, you have a job to go to. That's kind of cool, isn't it? You know, you have a paycheck. You know, maybe you would look forward to Mondays if you were if you were laid off. How about that? I just got pissed. I was like, you know, people, I hate Monday. I mean, I get it. And, you know, it's like the, you know, the textbook, oh, let's all complain about it. Misery loves company kind of thing. But it was like, no, it's pretty cool that Monday came around. You know, it means you're alive, like you're saying. I mean, it just, it's been one of the biggest things that I've been able to help people with is like, you know, just um, I had another guy who was complaining about stuff. And I said, listen, I said, did you by any chance today go to a room in your house and turn a dial and hot water came out of the wall? Did that, that, did that possibly happen for you today? And uh, he was like, yeah. And I said, yeah, shower is pretty fucking cool, dude. You know, when you think about people in the world who don't have, you know, access to water, don't have access to hot water, never had a hot shower, you walk in and you turn a dial and you have as much hot water as you want. Granted, here in California, you're not supposed to be wasting water because we're in a drought. That's my public service announcement. Um, I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, it's just, I mean, what are, what are some of the oh, things I that totally people agree. just... It's like the classic first world problem thing, you know, first world problems. It's like, if it's a first world problem, then don't complain about it. Like, seriously. I mean, like, I don't know if you've seen this recent video, like it's a a video meme on Facebook and it's actually, they took a a recording and had people in Africa who are living in like these, you know, little huts, they don't have running water or anything. And they're saying these first quote unquote first world problems. And you just realize how absurd the things people bitch about are. I mean, it's like, I hate it when I leave my phone charger upstairs and I have to go get it. And they're saying this, but you know what I mean? Oh, I think I have seen that. Oh, and it's just so powerful because you're like, wow, we are a a lot of whiny bitches, aren't we? (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) We we need to knock this shit out. Like, because it's just, it's it's so, it's almost like disrespectful of everything that we have, you know? By by Mm. complaining about it all the time. 
No, it's it's you're so right, and it's it's really cool because I mean I know for me that I would do it here and there, and then I started doing a gratitude journal, and I would write it down and be like, okay, and then at, at one point I got okay, well, I think I've said everything I'm thankful for. And then a, a coach friend of mine says, really, uh, did you, are you thankful for all the green trees around your house? Are you thankful for, and he just started opening my eyes to all these other things. And it's like, no, that's pretty cool. You know, you're absolutely right. Electricity is a pretty kick-ass thing. You know, wow, you know, candles are cool. And wow, you know, pencils are cool. And, you know, it sounds kind of trivial, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> toilet. It's like, ooh, toilet paper. Thank you, God, for toilet paper. I don't have to use my hand or a leaf. Um, right? How do you how do you recommend people you know show their gratitude? I mean, do you are you a, are you a gratitude journal kind of person? Uh, how do you how do you recommend it for your clients? I do talk to some people about gratitude journals, but I will admit that it's not something I do myself. <laughs> so I feel a little hypocritical saying like, go do a gratitude journal, but I'm not going to do one myself. The thing that I do personally is I practice mindfulness. So what I try to do is I keep my my mind in the present moment. You know the old saying, what is it, Lao Tzu? says that if your mind is in the future, you're living in anxiety, and if your mind is in the past, you're living in depression. But if your mind Mm -hmm. is in the present moment, then you're actually happy. You know, if you're in the present moment and you actually really immerse yourself in your five senses, like what you're smelling, what you're tasting, like I literally, this is going to sound so ridiculous, I was crying last week because of how good a bowl of corn was that I made. (laughs) It was so beautiful and fresh and just perfect tasting I was crying because it was such a beautiful experience but that's what I mean like just by being no I wasn't at all (laughs) I was just enjoying the the, like actual like like you know like the fresh the first fresh corn of the season oh it was so good and like I made like homemade Mexican corn with the onions and the garlic and the tomatoes and it was just such a perfect fresh and it was just one of those moments when it was like each bite reminded me of Every moment, you know, everything that goes into the growth of that corn and the soil and how, the, you know, the whole earth is just like this whole, this whole beautiful cycle that actually, you know, we can actually grow things. It's like this magical thing that we can do. We can put seeds in the ground and food comes up. Like, it's this amazing thing that we get and we don't ever, like, slow down to appreciate it, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that. Some things are just so gorgeous. I wouldn't say every time I eat it's like that, like not at all. It was just one of those moments that it was like the perfect like bite of food and the perfect, you know, it was just the perfect little thing. It was, be- it was yeah. gorgeous. No, that's cool, and thanks for sharing that. It's I'm sure all the guys out there are going to be like, okay, I'm not taking her anywhere where there's a bowl of corn on our first date. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was in my own home, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. <laughs> uh, you can do whatever you want in your own home. Hey, you can sit there and eat right? corn naked. I don't know. Um, don't get me started on corn and being naked. That's not good. Uh, so one of the, th- one of the things that I did, uh, is I, I switched from the gratitude journal cause I, I kind of felt like it was mechanical in a way, like it was forced. So now what I do, and this is really cool. I, when I go to bed, I either say out loud or I say in my brain what I'm thankful for that day. It's like, you know, Hey, I'm thankful for my wife today. I'm thankful for my dog today. I'm thankful for that. I had a really nice truck. I'm thankful for the fact that I didn't get killed today. You know, I just do little stuff like that. So before I go to sleep that, um, you know, just kind of like when I wake up, it's like, okay, today's a brand new day. And whatever happened yesterday, I can't really necessarily impact aside from the fact that if I take action today, you know, I can make it a little bit better and hopefully not make it worse. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's a, uh, it's just, you just got to, I just tell people, it's just like amazing what you don't have. I mean, I talked to a guy, um, talk about, you know, a slap upside the face, um, this guy was uh, was paralyzed. He was a physical therapist for my mom, 
and uh, look really in shape. You're really young and everything. And I was just like, you know, I'm I'm a question guy. So I said, you know, can I ask you a question? And he says, yeah. And I said, uh, I said it's kind of personal. And he goes, yeah, okay, no problem. And I said, what happened? Why are you in a wheelchair? And he says, you know what? Um, he goes, it was a surfing accident. He goes, I went out to go surfing, and the surfboard got away from me, hit me in the back of the neck. And next thing I know, I couldn't feel my legs. And I said, wow, holy crap, dude. And I said, um, what did you learn from that experience? He goes, you know what? He goes, I used to bitch about sitting in traffic. He goes, I, I used to have a long drive uh, into L.A. every day, and I used to complain. I had the worst road rage, and I hated sitting in traffic, and I was pissed, and da-da-da-da. He goes, but I would give every single thing I own to be able to feel my feet again, to be able to press on a brake pedal, and and just be able to walk. And he goes, you know, I'm, I play tennis now, and I have a, I have a van with hand controls. You know, I'm, I'm, he goes, I'm not going to let this keep me down by any means. He goes, but, you know, I used to bitch about sitting in traffic. And I swear, ever since then, when I'm sitting in traffic, I think, oh, my God, I start to get all worked up and everything. It's like, wait a minute, Chris, you got a nice truck. you got audio books. you got stereo. you got your feet. You know, you got your eyesight. Shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Amen. I just want to share that with the listeners out there because, you know, you just never know what you got until it's gone. That's a, it's, a, it's a sucky statement, but uh, uh, give us kick-ass tip number two, my dear. I, I'm i going to uh, give you this next one because I think it's directly related to what we've been talking about is stop complaining. Just stop all the freaking complaining. Stop all the noise. It's just static in your life. It's, I mean, I think a lot of times people complain because they don't have anything else to do. They don't have anything better to do. If you have time to complain, you have something to do something about it, really. I mean, you have, you have time to, like, do something different. All that energy and time and emotion that you put into complaining is it, it, just wasted. I mean, you're just sort of, like, shitting it away when you could invest that time and energy and passion into something that actually matters, you know, and something that it will actually make a difference in your life. There's no purpose to, to complaining. And it, frankly, it leaves people like being stuck in like this victim mentality, this whole mentality of feeling as though, you know, well, like we're saying, woe is me. Everything sucks. Oh, this happened to me and this happened to me and this happened to me. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's everybody's had like the crap that's happened to them. Everybody has. But, you know, the strongest ones are the ones that you don't hear complaining about it. They're the ones that are talking about what they're going to go do next. Mm-hmm. You know? No, and so I... you have to recognize what it is that's actually wrong. What is it that you're complaining about? I mean, are you complaining about, you know, like that guy you're talking about. Are you complaining about you hate your job? And do something about it. Either quit your job, find a way to get your job to be more enjoyable, or find a way to have your le- the rest of your life be so kick-ass that, you know, your job isn't that big of a deal anymore. But do something about it, because complaining isn't doing anything. You're just spreading mm-hmm. your life away with, like, hot air. Sorry, complaining pisses Not... me off, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Somebody asked Everything pisses Facebook. me off now. <laughs> yeah. Somebody asked on Facebook, um, why, does, why is the statement, misery loves companies, so uh, prevalent? And um, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Misery loves company. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's because, um, I mean, it's like you were saying before, you know, when you surround what you are, what you surround yourself with, I think when we are miserable, we start to attract more miserable people into our life. Because really, if I'm a happy person, I'm not going to choose to be around the miserable son of a bitch. You know, another miserable person is going to choose to be around that person. I'm going to choose to be around other, like, happy, growth-oriented, you know what I mean, passionate people. 
not this person who's miserable, but it's also, it's almost like, I think it, I think it becomes a contagion. You know, I, I recently wrote about the statistic. It's something like if you have a friend who is really, it considers themselves very happy within one mile of you, your happiness increases by 80% or something ridiculous. I don't know the, the stat off the top of my head, but it's something ridiculous like 80%. Like if, you're, like if your spouse considers themselves very happy, your happiness increases that much. And so I really do think people's moods are contagious. So when we're surrounded by people who are constantly miserable, it just brings us down. Because how can you be like happy, you know, singing silly songs in the kitchen while you're cooking dinner when, you know, everything sucks to the other person sitting across from you? Mm-hmm. No, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely spot on. It's a, it's, a, it's a thing that I brought up. When, I, when I'm talking to people and I say it's, you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And when people – that's why I stopped following the news, following politics probably four or five years ago. I was a news junkie. I was a political junkie. I followed everything. And one night I found myself turning on the news at 10 o'clock, and I was like, God damn it, this is pissing me off. And I stopped myself, and I'm like, Chris, you do this every single night. You turn this on. You get pissed off at the news. If it bleeds, it leads. But you don't do anything about it. I mean, I call myself on my own shit. I'm, I tell people I'm my own best coaching client. It's pretty funny. And I was like, mm-hmm. you're not doing anything about it. You know what? If North Korea is going to fire a missile at us, what are you going to do? Try to catch it? You know, let it go. And I, it was one of the greatest. I, I tell you, it was one of the greatest things I did. I just stopped it. I mean, I catch a little bit yep. of news now if I'm listening to the traffic report in the morning or if somebody posts something on Facebook. But I just sit there and I'm like, I ask people, you know, what, what, can, what can you impact in your life? Why are you wasting all this energy talking about, oh, well, the government should do this. Well, are you protesting the government? Are you writing your congressman? No. Well, shut up then. Quit it. Like you were saying about the complaining. It's like I just – I said, okay, what can I have an impact on in my life? You know, can I go volunteer somewhere and help, you know, at-risk kids, which is something I do? Um, you know, it's just, I just tell people that it's like, you know, how's that working for you? Dr. Phil says, you know, how's that working for you? It's, it's interesting, but what do you think are the reasons, and this might be one of your other tips. Um, what do you think are the reasons why people just sit there and they stew in their own crap, expecting it change? I mean, I hear people and I, and I, and I, I love God people, but I hear them like, oh, I wish for this, or I pray for that, or I hope for this. And it's just like, well, all that's great. But unless you get some action behind it, what good is it going to do you? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's a really tough question because I think there's sort of two categories of people in terms of that. I think that there's the people who stew in their own shit that once you give them a wake-up call and you point out that they're the only ones who could take responsibility for changing their lives and either accept the fact that you're choosing to sit in shit or get out of the shit and they'll actually do something about it, you know? Or there's the people who you point that out and they're like, yeah, right, that's nice. Then we all just sit in shit. And those people, I think, are just sort of, I mean, I hate to say it, but those are the people who would not be my coaching clients. Those are the people who are just sort of terminally cynical and, you know, have just sort of decided that life sucks and that they're going to sort of bring everybody else down along with them by complaining, being the loudest, you know, whiner, being... Debbie Downer and everybody else's dreams. You know, we all have probably have had someone like that in our life that's just like, well, you should not, you'll never do that. Or, I mean, well, how are you going to make money at that? Or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And they always just have a crappy thing to say. And I, I think probably fundamentally, those people are afraid. They're just terrified. Yeah. They're living their lives in fear. And they're living small because they know that they can succeed at living small. And living a bigger life takes guts. And that's kick-ass tip number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is actually, as you as you said that I talked about on my own radio show. I mean, the essence of the tip is fuck fear. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. 
you know? It, it's just, it's an illusion. It's just this made-up thing in our head that keeps us stuck and keeps us playing small. You know, if you're not uncomfortable with what you're trying to do, it's not big enough. You're not dreaming big enough. You're not pushing yourself big enough. You know, everybody has fears. Even the most successful people have fears. You know, Fortune 500 company execs are still afraid when they, you know, go present a new idea, you know, or are they going to make money for the company this year or whatever. You know, everyone has fears. The only difference between people who actually do something is they do something, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. they actually just get off their ass and they push through and they do it anyway. You just can't be a sucker, a, a chump to fear because fear is just, it's an absolute illusion. It's a trap. It's, it's basically like catching your life in a bear trap and, and saying to yourself, like, well, I guess I'm just stuck here and I'm going to die instead of saying, well, I guess I'm going to just gnaw my leg off and at least the rest of me will live. Like sometimes you got to <laughs> gnaw your leg off and keep moving. Now, what you speak is the truth, my dear. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the questions I have for you, because I'm, I'm fascinated by fear. It's one of the things that, um, that I, I really focus on helping people is overcome fear and procrastination and just have an authentic self-confidence. What do you think is the root of fear? I read a book that really hit it for me, but I want to know what you think the really the root of fear is. The root of fear. That's that's another tough one. Um, I think that, like I was saying, I mean, like you know, growth happens outside your comfort zone. I think that a lot of people are afraid because they, you know, they think that they're going to fail. They think that they won't be good enough. They think that they won't be able to extend themselves. And so it's much easier to stay safe, to stay small, to stay, stay comfortable than to push themselves further. And I think probably inevitably, and this might be controversial, but a lot of times these, this goes back to childhood. This goes back to mom and dad were afraid of things and they taught me to be afraid of things or mom and dad never thought I could do things so I can't do things. Or, you know, we pick up these habitual ways of thinking from other people in our, people in our life, but we don't have the wherewithal to challenge the thinking. It's like we think that we're stuck with it just because someone else decided that that was the way they thought, so that's the way I have to think or something. And it's like, you know, you get to choose what you're going to do next. But I'm interested, what did this book say about what's the root of fear? Because I, well, really don't, I don't even know if I know. <laughs> well, we could, actually, we could actually talk a whole show. I love talking about the conditioning process that happens when we're kids. I was just helping a friend of mine. His daughter's 18 months old. I don't do months and all that other stuff, but um, and starting to be a little greedy bitch. And I said, well, listen, she is developing habits and opinions and beliefs and agreements right now. So if you want to break that habit, you better get started on that. And, and it's fascinating. In a, I don't, I'm not a, I don't like it. We, we were talking about coaching versus therapy before. One of the things I do do, I do do, um, is is kind of help people overcome those agreements that they've made as, chi- as as children. It's like, okay, you know, I'm afraid of this or, you know, I've got this limiting belief. But I read this book called um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. And really the crux of it all is that fear is the, the, the fact that we believe that we're not in control. You know, the fear of height, yeah. I'm not in control. Uh, the fear of dentists, I'm not in control. The fear of airplanes, I'm not in control. You know, the fear of, of looking stupid, I'm not in control of what other people are thinking of me. And and I've learned, and I, I think some fear is good. I mean, I think if a guy is chasing you with a gun, you want to be afraid. It's going to kick in your adrenals, your adrenals and everything. But when you think about it, it's like, okay, I'm not in control of the situation, so I'm afraid of this. And I was just talking with somebody earlier today. Where I said, sometimes you just have to let go. You have to let go, and you have to trust in the process. You have to trust in yourself and trust that whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. Um, and so, again, it's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. Uh, awesome. Amazing. It takes it takes all different types of fears and really breaks them down. 
uh, it's it's fascinating stuff. It's fascinating stuff. So uh, I, I really encourage I that. Totally, I totally actually agree with that. Like that, you know, this this um, belief that we're not in control. But the funny thing is, I think most people go the wrong direction, and they think they're supposed to control everything as a response. Well, mm-hmm. if I clamp down and I and I have more control over my life and I get more perfectionistic or if I get more, you know, uptight or whatever it might be, then I won't be afraid anymore. And it's like, no, that's sort of, I think at least, I think that's the opposite of what you need to do because it's sort yeah. of like trying to, you know, trying to grab a handful of river, you know, like a river, mm-hmm. you know, Heraclitus. <laughs> I, I majored in philosophy and undergrad, so I have all these weird, like, quotes in my head. Heraclitus, this Greek philosopher said, you know, you can never step back into the same river twice. The whole idea is that the river is always flowing. It's always changing. The same thing occurs with life. Life is always changing. It's always moving past you. You can't stop it and hold on to it and think you're going to be able to control it because the minute you think you have a handle on it, it's going to be different. The Mm -hmm. only way to to handle it is to learn to surf it, you know? I mean, like that. You just got, you've got to be able to go with the flow. And like you said, trust in the process and trust that even if you fail, there's a lesson to be learned and you're going to be better next time. Yes, yes, most definitely. Um, give us kick-ass tip, uh, the next one. I lost track. <laughs> <laughs> this is four. Um, the next one is to start giving yourself credit for what you're doing right. I think this is something um, that I hear so many people, so many of my coaching clients talk about. You know, they're like, well, you know, I don't really know what my, my passion is, but, you know, I've really been working towards, you know, supporting my kids. I'm a single mom and, you know, really being there for them and da-da-da-da. And I'm like, so are you giving your credit? Are you giving yourself credit for the fact that you're doing a kick-ass job as a, as a mom? That you're working your butt off to like raise two kids on your own? Well, no, because I have to do that. And I'm like, I don't care if you have to do it. Give yourself some credit. Celebrate mm-hmm. even the smallest successes in your life because it's it's almost like a self-gratitude process when you give yourself credit. When you say, you know what, I'm doing this right. Because the more you acknowledge that you're doing things right, the more you'll actually do the next thing right. You know, when you're like talking about procrastination, if you say to yourself, I got five minutes of work done today, awesome, instead of like, I only got five minutes of work done, Uh, it's like, you know, when you congratulate yourself for it, you're going to want to build on that success the next day. Whereas if you like shit on your, you know, the little bit you were able to do, you're just going to like lose your motivation and feel helpless and not, and not want to try next time. And so I think you have to celebrate even the smallest things. Yeah. That is so true. Probably most of the people that come to me, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people that come to me have that problem. They have this, they're like, well, isn't that being selfish? And it's like, no, it's called self-love. Unless you're taking care of number one, and I hate to use the airplane analogy, but they tell you to put the mask over your face before they put it over your kid's face because why? You have to make sure you're taking care of yourself. And I have I have personal um, uh, accounts of situations where people didn't take care of themselves. They took care of everybody else around them, and then they dropped dead. Um, because okay. they thought, oh, I got to take care of my kid, and I got to take care of my husband, and I got to take care of my boss, and they were running themselves ragged and dropped dead uh, right in front of their kid. Um, you know, okay. it's just it's crazy. It's it's not being selfish, people. It's it's about self love. You know, taking some time out for yourself, and like you're saying, you know, give yourself some props. Like, hey, you know, I did this today, and yeah, it may it seems may seem small to some person, but you know, tomorrow I'm going to do six minutes of work, and the next day I'm going to do seven minutes of work. Um, you right. know, it's all about what you focus on. Or if somebody's depressed, like, I would often say, give yourself credit for getting out of bed this morning. Like, it's the small things. Sometimes when that's all you can do, that's, that's awesome. Then, you, then yep. you did that at least, you know? Mm. So, so true. Absolutely. Give us, uh, give us kick-ass tip number five. We're, uh, we're running down to about four minutes. 
All right. The last tip I have is to start doing something. Get into action. Take action in your life. You got to take one step. You got to take one step every single day. Don't just keep talking about it. Don't keep saying I wish or next week or next year because I'll tell you what, it never happens. I mean, is it Dylan or Lennon? I never know who says this quote that life is what happens when you're busy making plans. Life yeah. is now. You got to fucking grab it by the freaking horns and ride it because it's now. You can't wait for life to start. And so you need to do whatever it is that you always wanted to do. You need to start doing it now. You want to go to Hawaii? Save a dollar a day. It might take you 10 years, but at least you'll have, you'll have that trip in 10 years instead of saying, I wish I, I wish I could go to Hawaii in another 10 years still, you know? Whatever it is, there's little moves that you can make it in, in, the, in the direction of changing your life and living your dreams and, and just feeling, you know, passionate about your life, anything, like even if it's giving yourself credit today, you know, just do one thing, give your, you know, do a gratitude journal, just do one thing today that's going to start changing your life and you'll find it easier and easier. The more little things you do, the easier it is to do another thing. Mm, I, I, again, I sound like a broken record, but I couldn't agree more. It's, you know, it's like, um, it's like I got my braces when I was 32 years old and people are like, why are you getting braces? It's you're too old for that. It's like, no, cause I want straight teeth and I had braces for four years. I don't regret it. I have people like in their sixties and seventies, like I said, just do it. You know, the days are going to go by anyway. So why not have straight teeth? And then I got another guy that just is going to go back to college. I said, dude, he goes, it's going to take me like five years. I'm like, well, the five years are going to go by anyway. Why don't you do it? And then in five years, you're going to be so much further ahead of the game and you're not going to have any regrets. You know, it's just, Amen. just start do, and then people just get caught up in the what if and the and me personally, I'll I'll call myself out. I'm a perfectionist. It's like okay, well that's why my book's sitting here and it hasn't been done because I'm like I'm so afraid. Okay, what it be? Fuck it, just put it out there. Um, but where right. can uh, where can where can people get a hold of you, Ashley? Because I'm sure our listeners are going to be fascinated and want to continue the discussion with you. Awesome. Well, my website is ashleygreer.com. It's a s h l e e g r e e r. Dot com. Well, interesting story. My middle name is, I'm actually named after Rosie Greer, the football player. Greer's my <laughs> middle name. So, yeah, I, I think that's kind of kind of one of my own little funky, authentic pieces of myself that I like to own. <laughs> that's so, yeah, awesome. Ashley Greer. Or you can find me on Facebook uh, at uh, facebook.com forward slash Grashable, G-R-A-S-H-A-B-L-E. Cool, cool. Yeah, actually, great. Um, taken. <laughs> for, the, for those of you guys that are uh, that are driving on your uh, listening on your mobile devices, all this information will be available on the KickAssRadioShow.com uh, radio page. Uh, you can find Ashley's information there. Ashley, thank you so much. This has been an awesome hour. I love having guests like you on here, where we're just uh, you're just like, oh my god, we get freaking talk about you know another twelve things. Um, so again, <laughs> you guys, uh, AshleyGreer.com, um, check it out and uh, and. Um, no, thank you so much for being on here. You are a super cool chick. Um, and uh, look forward to more conversations with you uh, about other stuff that we, maybe we can uh, you know, partner on or whatever because uh, I love it when I, when I run across people like you. And that's, what, that's my message to you guys out there is you know, you're like the five people you're around the most. So like Ashley and I have been saying, if you're around a bunch of people that are disappointed Dunskis and sitting there going, oh, man, you know, everything sucks and the stock market's going to change and, you know, freaking we're going to lose money and blah, and blah. If you're around those kind of people, then you need to get new people. And it doesn't mean you have to disown them. It's just like, okay, who are the people in my tribe? Who are my board of advisors? Who are the people that are going to support me? Who are the people that are going to be honest with me? I mean, I love my fan base, but... You know, I put something out there. It's like, what do you guys think about I can improve my radio show? And they're like, oh, my God, you're so awesome and you're so great. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm one of those fucking stupid people that wants to hear the truth. So make sure you're around people that also can tell you the truth and, and, and be honest with you because they love you, not necessarily because they want to tear you down. You know, it's just it's so important that you just surround yourself with content and education and people. And that, like Ashley said, you know, just do one thing a day and 
proud of it and own it and just 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 do that because life is going to go by anyway and regrets suck you know that's just that's my essential thing in life you know one day we're going to get to the place where we're going to take our last breath and we're going to look back and go wow wow what a fucking kick-ass ride that was uh what's next or are we going to be like god i wish i would have done this i wish i would have done that i wish i you know so uh that's my message this week if you guys out there have an idea for a guest for the Kickass Radio Show, uh, send us an, inf- uh, an email, info at thekickassradioshow.com. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, about people in your life that you think would uh, would match and be a, a fit for the show. Send us an idea for the show, anything you have, some feedback. Again, I'm one of those people that like honest feedback, so uh, send us what you like, what you don't like, and uh, we'll take it to heart. So uh, take these tips to heart. Listen to the show again and make action in your life. Ashley, thank you. Love you, sweetheart. You are awesome. And uh, love you guys, all my longtime listeners. You guys rock.